Stampede. Garner is at number 53, recorded 628, 2020. I try to tell you why some things happen the way they do. I draw conclusions. I formulate explanations. I warn what's on the horizon. And to speak openly, I never have seen the kind of trouble that has broken out in various parts of the world and here in America. 
I could lie to you and tell you everything is going to be all right, that what we've been seeing for the last four or five months is going to disappear and everything is going to return to normalcy, whatever that may have been. I can deceive you, but the facts are overwhelming. In the laws of physics, every action has a reaction. It's Newton's third law of motion. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. In the history of human behavior, if you abuse people for a long time, there can be consequences to that. Blowback comes from all sides. If you walk into a store and physically attack the owner of that store, someone whose job it is to apprehend you for that assault may not treat you very kindly. It works both ways. Your job is to apprehend people who do something wrong, and you feel the need to assert your power over them and use excessive force to subdue them. Because you have the power to hurt someone, you may want to do that. When living in West Africa nearly 50 years ago, while at a small open-air market, I witnessed an African police officer pulling a man by a long chain, and the women who were selling their vegetables along the road picked up stones and threw them at the man who was being pulled by the police officer. Like Dylan said, they'll stone you in the morning, but I don't think that's the same kind of stoning. If you think Black Lives Matter, I can say in Africa, life is very cheap. Everybody is different. And there may be people who want equality under the law. I do know this. In this world, we've come some distance from people who would burn a witch at a stake or stone a woman for adultery.
dust on you and you're sent down in your grave But I would not feel so all alone Everybody must get stoned Group think can be an ugly thing, especially if you burn someone at a stake for not agreeing with what you believe in. Do black lives matter in Africa? Does it matter in Haiti? Does it matter in Brazil, in Europe, or even the west side of Chicago? Well, I can say this. Black lives matter more or less depending on where you live. And in this country, circumstances have contributed to the violence that appear daily. Although I've never been in a war zone, in the recent past, I've seen the results of a military ordered to search out and kill combatants in a city particularly in the Middle East. Whole cities have been reduced to rubble. Of course, that's an extreme of groupthink. But what we have here in America is a pernicious and subtle way of thinking brought on by an economic system. Consumerism works on a simple principle. There are winners and losers. And oftentimes, the losers are looked upon unfavorably. And if measuring prosperity in the society, whole groups of people are identified as being inferior, and their racial makeup can be associated with identifying the rules of consumerism. That's some of the results of racial inequality in this country. We want to say we're colorblind when dealing with people, but we pass judgment whether we like it or not. Enormous efforts have been made to end the racial divide within this country. Both black and white people have attempted to show that they're the same, but for 400 years, slavery said there was a difference. And today, Consumerism has fostered the same thinking. Black culture in this country has attempted to prove it's equal to white culture. And the society and culture driven by white standards insists you must be like us. In lots of ways, there have been attempts to prove everybody is the same. Well, that can't be achieved in an economy based on winners and losers. The fact of the matter is, everybody is different. How you resolve that disparity is at the root of racism.
the corner I didn't mean no harm Along come a police He took me by the arm It was down in Memphis Corner of Beale and Maine He says, big boy You'll have to tell me your name The Udley, the I said you'll find my name on the tail of my shirt. I'm a Tennessee hustler and I don't have to wait. Listen all you rounders, you better leave my women alone. Cause I'll take my special and run all you round the home. The Race has always been at the heart of American culture. Black people have been offended when white entertainers painted their faces black, symbolizing black culture. And there's a lot to be said when Michael Jackson changed his appearance by bleaching his skin white or even undergoing plastic surgery to erase identifiable black facial characteristics. There is a black culture, although I'd be hard-pressed to describe what that is, and the same is true of white culture. There's an Oriental culture, an Italian, and a French culture. You get what I'm saying. People are different in lots of ways, and to say everybody is the same is not true, and yet we share similar physical characteristics. And that's not just amongst our own species. We humans are connected genetically to almost all living things. A percentage of our DNA can be found in almost all living things. Which makes me wonder, do we share certain behavioral traits as well? It appears we're closer to animal behavior than we thought. We've long held we're better than other animals because what we do is exclusive to our species. 
we think other animals can't behave in ways that we do. In lots of studies, scientists have found we share similar human behavior with lots of animals. A German scientist by the name of Jack Pangsep has found that rats laugh. For a long time, smart people have been saying humans are smarter than animals because we laugh or smile, a condition that doesn't exist in other animals. Well, Professor Pangsep has been able to record what are high chirping sounds associated with rats playing with one another. It's equivalent to laughing. Research has also found that it may be hardwired into our brains, or should I say hardwired into rats' brains as well. Going to California where they sleep out every night. I'm going to California where they sleep out every night. I'm leaving you, Mama, cause you know you don't treat me right. Oh, lady, lady, lady. Listen to me, mama, while I sing you this song. Listen to your daddy sing you this lonesome song. You've got me worried now, but I won't be worried long. Let me tell you something, mama, that you don't know. Let me tell you something, good gal, that you don't know. I'm a do-right papa and got a home everywhere I go. California blues and I'm sure gonna leave you here I may ride the blind I ain't got no railroad fare
Laughter has been shown to increase our lives, our well-being, and our outlook in life. People may say today, we need to laugh more than ever before. But considering what's happened over just four months, laughing could be considered a cruel joke. It's hard to laugh when over 100,000 people have died since COVID-19 came to this country. It's not that our national priorities haven't been stretched to limits. Clearly, they have been. The virus has unleashed some very dark and troubling times. There have been over 40 million people thrown out of work. The government has attempted to stimulate the economy by flooding money into the hands of people. Money by all rights the government doesn't have. The debt of the government keeps dramatically rising. Armed conflicts and military interventions continue with potential catastrophic results. In this country, all sorts of unrest within major cities have been occurring nightly. Never before heard of destruction and violence at attempting to form a new society are constantly discussed. I could go on, but I don't think laughter is going to cure what's taking place. You want to be entertained so you don't have to think about what's happening. Well, I can't help you with that. If you haven't felt what's happened to you and your loved ones, this is just the beginning. And predicting there will be other difficult events is not an exaggeration. If you expect that electricity is going to stay on for your home and your business, you may be in for a surprise. If you anticipate you'll find the food you eat, you better think again. No, this is no laughing matter, and you aren't going to be laughing about it. And I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what's coming. You've been tricked into believing that if you just keep consuming, everything is going to be all right. Well, that golden city, that shining city on a hill you've been promised, may not happen. The promise of consumerism doesn't matter, because if things turn bad, the spin, the deception will never stop. False profits on Wall Street can never be revealed. The cover-ups, the golden parachutes for retiring CEOs are guaranteed, even if their companies crash. The numbers are so easy to inflate. Accounting balance sheets can always be made to look good. Why limit yourself in a consumerist world? Just keep reselling the same property over and over again. So you never know who owns what. A derivative scheme. Just keep the Ponzi frauds rolling along. Eventually, no one knows if there was a profit or a loss. Just make sure it looks like corporate headquarters still have people occupying the building. In fact, today, when looking at buildings in metropolitan settings, 
No one knows the true occupancy rate of those tall steel and glass buildings. Some may be void of people altogether. Ghost buildings. Sure, the consumerist world could have some flaws, but strange motivations can come from all quarters. In the deep recesses of scientific advancements, researchers have been able to grow living brain cells in a Petri dish called organoids. Now, certainly there can be good reasons to try to grow a living brain. It can be said a lot of people today have malfunctioning brains. And I don't just mean in a medical context. It's true growing living brain cells artificially can be beneficial to lots of people suffering from disorders originating from the brain. And it's also true the motivation for doing that can result in some nasty outcomes. The age-old story about Frankenstein comes to mind. Recently, Swiss researchers have successfully retrieved DNA from the ancient bones of Neanderthals. A geneticist has managed to extract this DNA sequence. Now, scientists have begun growing brain organoids with the DNA of ancient Neanderthals. Call me crazy, but I see a consumerist conspiracy here. Growing organoids with DNA inserted to make people want to consume. Oh yeah, you're going to love consuming. There won't be a need to use propaganda to infect you with the thought that everything is all right. No, you aren't going to be exposed to that anymore. Because you're going to be like everybody else, designed to get out and consume. The consumerist organoid inserted into everybody's brain will eliminate all those questions about looking around your house and wondering why you have all that junk. No, you won't question that, because the consumerist organoid will guarantee you continue to go out and buy more, eat more, and fight more for all those things you crave. Yeah, you'll be so happy living in that shining city on the hill because you'll know the reason you're alive. It's to prove you can consume. Yeah, you'll have the good life. I've got them pokey dot blues Oh, them pokey dot blues Lost my hat and my coat and my straight lace shoes. I sold my watch and went back to lose the mean old gambling pokey dot blues. The gambling pokey dot blues. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard music composed by Raymond Hall, The Gamblin' Polka Dot Blues, sung by Jimmy Rogers, a 1931 recording. Rogers has been considered the father of country music. 
He died at the young age of 35 of tuberculosis during the heart of the Great Depression. Rogers couldn't read music. When learning to sing his songs, he did it by ear. His sister-in-law, Elsie McWilliams, who composed many of his songs, accompanied Rogers to help during recording sessions, which often took place in different parts of the country. Toward the end, weakened by tuberculosis, Rogers had to lie on a cot to rest between recording his songs. You then heard Bob Dylan's Rainy Day Woman from his 1966 Blonde on Blonde album. Then Rogers again with Louis Armstrong on trumpet. Yodel number no. nine, recorded in Los Angeles in 1930. And then again, Rogers with Yodel number no. four, California Blues, a 1928 recording made in Atlanta, Georgia. And finally, a repeat with a cut from Gamblin Polka Dot Blues, recorded in Louisville, Kentucky. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.